0: Well, glory to God. In Psalm chapter one, we're coming back into verse number one. And one of the things that we talked about as we began this uh, earlier is that there is a progression of decline in this verse. I th- believe that you see it now, but let's go ahead and read it. And then we're going to get into it. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate. Day and night. Now, one of the things that I want you to see as we get into this passage is that there's three steps that this, the ungodly person, the person that is not blessed goes through. They, they go from walking with the, the ungodly, they go from walking in that council, and then they go to standing, and then they go to sitting. And one of the things that the devil loves to do in our lives is give us just a little bit of, of ground. Give us a little bit of ground. In other words, give give you a little nugget to make you think that you're okay so that you don't proceed deeper in God. One of the things that he'll do is he'll lose a little battle so that he can win the war. He'll give you a little bit of ground so that you'll lay down your weapons of warfare, so that you'll stop pressing into the Spirit, so that you'll stop seeking after the Holy Spirit, so that you'll stop living the way God asks you to live, and then that you'll begin to rest back and be comfortable and go back into that place where God drew you from. One of the things that we see here, though, is that this, the, the blessed man doesn't do these things. So what happens is, in order for you to walk in God's blessing, and I do want you to know, God's desire, if you are a child of God, God's desire is that you walk in His blessing. But so many times people exempt themselves or void themselves from the blessings of God because they, they're, they're content to, to sit or to stand where they're not supposed to be just because they're not walking where they once walked. Amen. I want you to know God's got a better plan for your life than to just say, Well, you used to walk with that crowd. Now you just sit with them. You used to walk with that crowd. Now you just stand by them. Every now and then. But God's desire is to bring you out of all of that. And, 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 and look, here's the deal. It's not about the don't okay? This is the thing that you've got to see. It's not about what you don't do, it's what you do. See, what God's looking for in our lives is not that we define our walk with him, not that we define who we are by what we are not, but that we define who we are by whose we are, by who lives in us, by who saved us, by who gave us the Holy Spirit, by who is seated in heavenly places. By whose we are is how we define our ourselves, not what we don't do, but who we are. And one of the things that you see in this next verse, as you go, as you transition from verse one to verse two, it says his delight, that's the righteous man, his delight, the blessed man is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. So you don't stop at don't you proceed into do what happens is A lot of times, whenever you get separated from sin, there's a liberation that takes place. Amen? Hallelujah for the liberation. I thank God that he broke the stronghold of sin in my life. I thank God tonight that I'm not a drunkard anymore. I thank God tonight that my sins have been forgiven. I thank God tonight that I have been set free. Amen? I thank God for the freedom of Jesus Christ that he gave me. But one of the things I want you to see is that God liberated all of Israel. He took all of Israel out of Egypt. He liberated every last one of them. They all got liberation, but somewhere along the way, they didn't gain devotion. And that's the key. That's the key to God's blessing on your life. It's not just that you've been set free from a past, but now that you are devoted to God in the present. It's not that what God brought you out of and what you don't do, but that you do lay down your life to him, that you do love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, that you are devoted to him. And God's looking for those that proceed from don't into do. That we go from liberation to devotion. Now I want you to know that I don't know what your bondage is or your chains are, what your past is, but I do know that Jesus is still a liberator. If you'll cry out to God and lift up those hands to him and humble yourself before God, I don't know what the past is, I don't know what the problem is, but I know who the healer is, I know who the deliverer is, I know who the liberator is, and he still saves and sets the captives free today. And you know, you may feel like, well, I keep bringing the same issue to God. Well, keep bringing it till you get complete freedom. Don't let the devil throw you into condemnation because God desires you to come before him with those things, with those issues. His desire and his delight is to set you free. And one of the things that you'll find out is that the more devoted you are, the less you'll have problems with those old things. The more that you love God, you'll see that you're no longer looking backwards. You're looking forwards. Amen. Because God's got better things for you than to look into the past. God's got better things for you than to define yourself by who you used to be. So that now you can define yourself as who you are in his eyes. That you can look at at God like David did. David knew he was the apple of God's eye. You know what? David failed many times, but he got back to that altar. And he sought the face of God. And he asked God to cleanse him and redeem him. And to restore to him a clean heart. And to restore the Holy Spirit. And to restore the joy of the salvation. And God, because of David's devotion to God. God did it. So David didn't have to walk around and say, I used to be like this. He walked around saying, I am like this. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am walking in the power of the newness of life. I am walking in the power of God's Spirit within me. And that's God's desire for you too. Now you may say, well, it's been a long time since I walked in that. Well, today's a good day to start fresh today is the best day to start new. Amen. Don't delay it any longer. Today's a good day to start new. This is one of the things I want you to see though, is that that this blessed life, it goes from don't to do. You know, one of the saddest realities is that we we oftentimes allow ourselves to get held back into do not I don't do this, I don't do that, and I don't do that. And one of the, it, one of the crazy things about it is it's not that the don'ts are bad because we are, there are things we aren't not supposed to do. It's not legalistic to not do things. But one of the things that we don't do is we're not supposed to define ourselves that way. We're supposed to define ourselves by the power of God in our lives. That we, it's not about what happened 15 years ago. It's about what God's doing in you today. And, and if you'll, if you'll hear this and if you'll, If you'll proceed from don't into do, God will do a new thing in you. As we said earlier today, and I'm going to move forward, but God said in James chapter 4, draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. And if you'll come before God and you bring yourself to God, He will not, He will not hold back from you. If you'll draw nigh to God, James 4, verse 8, draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh unto you. That's scripture. That's something that you can hold on to, that you can say, you know what, if I'll just humble myself, let go of this issue, let go of what's bothering me, let go of the past, let go of my failure, let go of how I blew it, let go of not doing what I was supposed to do. Let it go, give it to God, and proceed into the do, and watch watch God work in your life. Now, this person here there's a movement from from just simply being liberated to being devoted, okay? The nation of Israel, whenever they were set free, how many of you know there were thousands of them that died in the desert? Thousands of them. Thousands of liberated children of Israel. Thousands died in the desert. Why? Because they weren't devoted to Jehovah God. They weren't devoted to Jesus they were walking in liberation, but they weren't walking in him. They weren't walking with a heart for God. They were just defining themselves by where they used to be. Well, we're not in Egypt anymore. And God, God's looking for a people that are his. God's looking for a people that are his. Now, one of the things that I want to show you tonight is there's this transition that takes place. So I'll just begin to break it down for you. Turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, we're going to talk about somebody that got healed here. If you'll move down to verse number 12. When when you see this transition take place from liberation to devotion, you'll see somebody begin to walk. Walk in the fullness of God. You'll see somebody begin to walk with God's favor on their life. You'll begin to see somebody walk with the joy of the Lord in their soul. You'll begin to see somebody walk with the smile of God on them. You know, that's one of the things that has, you know, is unmistakable. One of my favorite places to minister God's word is in prisons. And one of, the, one of the situations I remember ministering to someone who radically got saved after a DUI. I think it was their second or third one. It was a bad situation. But they got radically saved. I mean, saved, saved. The, I mean, just absolutely amazing. And this person I watched after they gave their self to God. And I mean, it was a full salvation. It was complete. This, this was a person who, who, you know, just had it all. God saved them all the way. And what happened was God began to open door after door after door after door for them. I mean, God's favor began to be poured out on this guy. I mean, he went from not, you know, usually in circumstances like that, you wouldn't be able to drive. You wouldn't be able to do this. You wouldn't be able to do that. You wouldn't be able to get a job. But I mean, God's smile was on this guy's life every step of the way. And you know, God is, is, is no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of persons. If you begin to be a pursuer after God, God will pursue after you. God, God's delights in giving the Holy Spirit to the children that seek after him God is not God is not looking to withhold the Holy Spirit from you God's delight is to pour out the Holy Spirit upon you but what he's looking for is that we we proceed from just simply being liberated from our past and liberated from our sin to being devoted to him now you see this in Luke chapter 17 beginning in verse number 12 Jesus is, uh, let's read verse 11, it says, it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priests, which the reason being is that was the law's requirement. If the leper was healed, they had to go show themselves to the priest so the priest could pronounce them healed. It was just a legalistic or a legal maneuver. Go show yourself to the priest, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Well, what they did is they obeyed the voice of Jesus. Amen. They got liberated from leperhood. Leperhood is not a good hood to live in. But but they, they were in leperhood. They they were stuck there in and the thing about leprosy is that it was it was one of those things where you couldn't be with your family anymore, you couldn't be with your friends, you couldn't be with anyone that you knew. You were just an outcast from society, and Jesus had mercy on them because they asked. They pursued after him, and Jesus still heals today. He still sets the captives free today, he's still a liberator, and, and at his word, he liberated them. Now, they would not have been healed if they didn't go. If, if they would have argued with Jesus and said, well, you know, God don't heal anymore. If they would have said, well, you know, that, that's the old days. God don't do that anymore. We, we just need some money. If they would have argued with Jesus about it, they wouldn't have got their healing. But because they believed him at his word and they went when Jesus said to go, they were cleansed as they went. So the 10 of them, the 10 of them got to go from leperhood to liberation. They got liberated from their leprosy. Now, you know, you, you may, you, you probably don't have never been around a leper, but you can just make it synonymous with sin. I remember being a leper in my sin. I remember being in that place where I was stuck and there's no way. Once a person became a leper, they really there was no way for them to not be a leper anymore. They were just bound in that leprosy. It was, it was a pronouncement, of judgment on them. And they were unclean all their days. Everywhere they walked, they had to shout, unclean, unclean lepers. And there was a stigma on them. And yet, Jesus had mercy on them. I mean, everything changed with one word from Jesus. Do you remember that in your life? Everything changed with one word. You heard a pastor preach one word or a song or or, or you were reading in the Bible one night and just God just leapt out at you. Just one word and it changed everything. You might have said something like, God, could you save someone like me? You, You would forgive me? I remember having this conversation with God. I remember telling God, Lord, I, I have messed my life up. I am a sorry excuse for an individual. Everything I do is wrong. I, I just keep running into the wall. But you would forgive me? You would give me new life? You would? And it was just that, that reasoning with God and coming to that scripture and just believing God at what he says that changes lives. Amen? Now watch what happens next. Watch what happens next. Jesus said, go, and they went. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God. He got a little Pentecostal right there. He said, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He just got a little bit excited. And, and, and look what happened. It says, He fell down on his face at his feet. Whose feet? Jesus. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan, which in in, in, in that was they were in the lower rung of society according to the Jewish custom. And Jesus answering said, We're not ten cleansed. But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Now, I want you to notice there's something that happens right here. This leper got cleansed. He got healed. He got delivered from leperhood. But because he came back and he fell at the feet of Jesus, he gave his whole heart, his whole being, his whole life. He laid down at the feet of Jesus. And because of that, he went from a physical healing to a spiritual healing. He went from, he went from just being clean on the outside to being clean on the inside. You see, one of the things that we, we sell ourselves short, especially in the Pentecostal world, is we always talking about healing and healing and healing, but our bodies will go down to the grave at some point. We will lay down this body. There will be a time we'll be able to live that song. I'll fly away. Our spirit's going to leave this body one day. Amen? And on that day that our spirit leaves our body, I'm telling you, it's not my body that needs to be made whole. It's my spirit that needs to be made whole. I'm going to lay this old house down. Hallelujah. I'm not going to have no more knee pain or back pain. I'm going to lay down this body. And I'm going to rise up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But on that day, it's not going to matter whether my headache's gone or whether my knee don't hurt no more. It's going to matter eternally that my spirit has been made whole. And you see these lepers, these lepers, they got that temporal blessing. All ten of them got, got, they got all new skin immediately. They were all cleansed. But one of them came back and got a touch in the soul. And you know What? you can see it right there. You can hear it in the scripture. Jesus' desire was to heal the soul of all 10. He gave them, he gave them all just, just at a request, he healed all 10 of them. But if, if all 10 of them would have come back to his feet, they all 10 would have been made whole on the inside. And you know what? That's God's desire for you. Yeah, God, God looks at the outside. It's about what we're no longer, they're no longer lepers. They're not going to be lepers anymore. They got liberated from leperhood. But this one guy entered into Devotionville. He, he, he went into Devotionville. He, he came and he poured out his heart before Jesus. And you know what? He didn't care what it looked like. How many of you know he didn't care, but that he was a Samaritan? He didn't, he didn't say, Oh, you know what? I know I'm not supposed to be here. You know, please excuse me. And he didn't do like the little, you know, gracious bow. I believe I can hear in his, in, in that scripture that recorded what he said. I believe I can hear tears come out of this guy. I believe that he was grateful beyond all imagination that we can think of. And I believe that when he realized that Jesus had mercy on him, he, it wasn't so much anymore about the physical healing anymore. It was about that God would have mercy on him. It was about that God wasn't too busy to visit him. And you know what? God's not too busy to visit you. I mean, think about it. It was a time he could have said, Hallelujah, I could go see my wife. I can go see my children. But, it, but something struck his heart. And this is how you move. This is how you move from Don'tville to Doville. This is how you move from liberation to devotion. Because you see, God loves you. And He's not too busy for you. He's not too busy for you. In fact, his delight is when you come before him and you seek him for a deeper work in your life. His delight is when you come before him and you seek him to go deeper than you've ever been and to give yourself more fuller over to him. And this, this, this healed leper comes and lays down at Jesus' feet. He didn't say, I'm a healed leper. He just said, I'm yours. And you know what? God's looking for that in our lives. If you want to move from from defining yourself by don't or defining yourself by do, it all comes to this point. It all comes to this point. Do you see, do you see God's mercy available for you? Because God's desire is God's desire is to set you free. Not only in the physical, but in the spiritual. Not only in the spiritual, but also in the emotional. God's desire is to set you free from A to Z, to give you total and complete freedom from the bondage that the enemy has had over your life. But one of the things that we see is that the common thing is to just take that, that physical healing. And you know what? A lot of people, they treat the Lord that way. They visit the Lord once a week. They, they're very casual in their faith. And, and you know, whenever, whenever there's a problem that's manifested on the outside, they'll go and they'll get a prayer for that outside. They'll go and get a prayer for that blown tire. But you know what? There's a few there's few that hunger after God that realize there's more than a blown tire that I need. I need a new engine. I need a new engine. I need an overhaul in the engine. Yeah. And you know what? That's what God wants to do in our lives. And and you might say, ah, you know what? I, I did that 10 years ago. That means you're overdue. That means you're overdue. Sometimes we just need an oil change. I'm not trying to get all car technical on you, but, but you know, sometimes we just need the Lord to change out that old system and to to just overhaul everything and refresh us. Because, you know, one of the things about the Holy Spirit, Paul said in Ephesians chapter five, he said, don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the Spirit. Amen? And that verb means be ever being filled. That that means that we have an obligation. If you're going to walk in the fullness of God, if you're going to walk in the fullness of the Spirit of God, you're going to have to present yourself to God just like that leper did daily. You're going to have to continually come before God and humble yourself before God from now until the day that you go home. There should never be a day that we don't humble ourselves before the king. That we don't humble ourselves before the hand of God and say, Lord, have mercy. God, God, we, we seek you. We need you. We love you. But I bow down before you right now. And, and and that humbling of ourselves before God is is something that no amount of education or talent or gifting can make up for. You might be the most eloquent singer or speaker or teacher or writer or you might be gifted in a thousand different areas you might have artistic ability just flowing out of you but nothing absolutely nothing will make up for a heart that humbles itself before God this guy humbled himself before God in front of all these people they probably could have mocked him for being a Samaritan and coming and laying at the feet of of a Jewish guy but he didn't care He didn't care. He came and he laid down at his feet. I love that. I wish I could do that right now. I can't wait to do that. I can't wait to do that when I go to heaven. I wish I could do it now, but I'm thankful for stories like this. This guy, I mean, he gave Jesus honor. He gave Jesus honor. He came before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and he humbled himself. He prostrated before the feet of Jesus. In, in Jesus, he said, go thy way. Thy faith is made thee whole. I just want to point that out to you. I just want you to see that. He already got healed in the body. He already got healed in the body. It was the soul that didn't get touched. That external healing is glorious. And, and, and you know, you, you just shout for those things. But it's that internal touch from God that makes us whole on the inside. And you know what? This is what God wants to do. He wants to take you uh, just from being in 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 Liberationville and leperhood, and he wants to take you to devotion. He wants to take you to a place where you're devoted unto God. And you might say, well, you know, I, um, one of the things that we see in the Word of God is that all throughout Scripture, God always confirms his Word. Let me show you what Paul said about this in Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter number one. And here you'll see something very important that Paul says. Paul's introductions and his benedictions are always powerful. There's actually a lot of theology in his prayers, his his introductions and his benedictions, but you'll see right here something very important. Verse number one, it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Now, I want to stop right there just for a second. I want you to see something. Paul went from a place, well, first off, I want you to see that he called himself a servant at the beginning. That that word servant there is, is slave. I am the slave of Jesus Christ. I am his I am, I am no longer my own. I have surrendered the right to my life. I have surrendered getting offended about anything. I have surrendered, you know, my opinions. It's no longer about that. Oh, brother Clendenham, one of his most famous sermons was soldier, a soldier for the Lord. And he was, he was correlating how in the army, when you're in the Marines or whatever, that you surrendered those, you know, you may not agree with the general that made that decision, but you, you better do what they said. Because it's not about what you think, it's about what they said. And, and that's, you know, it's an awesome correlation about how we surrender. We surrender our will. We surrender our opinions to God. And we come before Him and humble ourselves. And we begin, when you repent, you're no longer doing things your way. Now you're doing things God's way. And Paul introduces Himself that way. He doesn't introduce Himself as saying, I am an apostle. He doesn't introduce himself as I have written 17 books and written and and you know I've held 14 conferences this year and you can buy my DVD for $19.99. I am Paul. He didn't do that. He said, Paul, a servant of Jesus. Paul is servant. And you know, servitude comes from the heart. You can force somebody to do something on the outside, but Paul was compelled from the inside. Paul was compelled from the inside to give himself to God. Because on that road to Damascus, Jesus opened his eyes. On that road to Damascus, Jesus spoke to him. And I believe Paul had the same kind of situation as this leper. God, you had time to touch me. You had time to speak to me, to correct me. You had time to save me from myself. You had mercy on me. You know, if, if, if God leaves us to ourselves, we're gonna end up in a bad situation. You and I both know that. But God wasn't willing to leave you to yourself, to your own devices and to your own end, to that end that your flesh would like to take you to because you know that the enemy loves to steal, kill, and destroy. God knows that he came to seek and to save the lost. It is God's desire and his delight to save us and to set us free from the bondage of the flesh. But here you see something important, the servant. Servant, it's a compelling God gave me life. God had time. God had time for me. God has time for you. God has time for you. His mercy is available for you. As long as you have breath in your body, there's hope for you. There's hope for you. You know what? One of my favorite stories is old Smith Wigglesworth. He got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit in his 50s. And you know what one of his prayers was? He said, God... I've wasted so much time. That didn't matter to God. God used him more in those latter years. God used him so much more in those latter years than he could ever possibly have done before that. God can do that because his ways are above our ways and you may think that you've missed it, that you've approached the sunset, that you're going over the horizon, but I want you to know that if you'll humble yourself before God and get full of the Holy Ghost, He'll cause a new thing to rise up within you, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, and God's plans and purposes will be done through your life if you'll surrender to God and humble yourself to him. Now, one of the things that you see though, is that he, he, he had this moment where he calls himself a servant. And I just, I correlate that with this leper that was healed because that leper, he came and he laid down at the feet of Jesus like a servant would. I'm yours. You had time for me and I'm giving you all of me. You had, you had time to break. Look, one of the things that, that, that you've got to get is that sin is a taskmaster. Hard taskmaster. Sin sin is a taskmaster. Sin has no mercy. The world has no mercy. The world will eat you up, mock you, and leave you in the dirt and not even bat an eye. The world has no mercy. And yet, and yet God had time. God had time and he looked at you when you heard his voice. When you heard that message, when you heard that song, when you read that scripture, God, God had time for you. He had time for you. He had mercy for you. And when you realize that, it compels us to be a servant at his feet. But the next thing I want you to see in this passage, Paul says that he was separated, separated unto the gospel. Now, this is a big, a big moment, separated unto. This is what I want you to see. He wasn't just separated from, from once being a guy that persecuted the church. He wasn't just separated from his past. He was no longer just separated from what he once was. He wasn't just separated from being a hardened criminal or being the Pharisee of the Pharisees. He wasn't just separated from being a sinner and being lost. He wasn't just separated from, he was separated to it went from being separated in the negative to being separated in the positive. And you know, one of the things that God wants to do in you is he wants to take you no longer that you just say, well, I'm, I'm not at this anymore. But he wants you to be able to say, I'm no longer that, but now I am God's. Now I am walking in the fullness of the Spirit of God. Now I'm walking in the fullness of victory. Now I'm, like, like Habakkuk said, I am walking on those high places. Amen? That I am I'm walking on those things that once defeated me. God is leading us to those deeper waters. God is leading us to that place where we're not only separated from our past, but we're separated to Him. Is He yours Is he yours and are you his? Amen. See, that's one of the things that Paul had to get is Paul had to come to this place where he realized, you know what, Uh, God has done this and now I'm compelled to give myself unto him. You know what? God wants you to do the same thing. God wants you to go from being separated from something to being separated to something. He wants you to be separated to himself. He wants you to be separated to himself. You know, the Bible says that God is a jealous God. Jealousy's bad, yeah, if it's done wrong. But when it's done right, it's good. And God is a jealous God, meaning he will not share your heart with another. He will not share your heart with even you. He will not share your heart with another. His desire is for you. He wants not only to liberate you, but he wants your love and devotion. He wants you to seek him. And one of the things that you see here is that the separation unto the gospel of God took Paul from being just a free moral agent and to being a servant of God. You see, sometimes we get in our mind that, you know what? Well, God's cleaned me up a little bit. Now I can just chill. You know, God will never do that. If God saves you, it's to separate you. If God God saves you and separates you, it's to pour his spirit in you. If God saves you, he wants you. And he wants you. Now, see this. Paul said that he was separated unto. Can you say that you've been separated unto something? Is there a calling, a devotion, a compelling that God is producing on the inside of you? And if there's not, if there's not, you should come just like that leper and lay at the feet of Jesus. And lay at the feet of Jesus and pour out your heart before him. And empty out all of your pride, all of the things that are not of God. Empty out those things that have held you back. Empty out broken dreams. Empty out disillusionment. Empty out depression. Empty out all those things that once were. So that you can be who God wants you to be. Pour out your heart before God and he will pour out his spirit on you. Pour out your heart before God and he will pour out his spirit on you. Pour out your heart. He'll pour out his spirit. If you'll come to God, he'll come to you. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. You know, Christianity is never meant to be lived in your own strength. Jesus didn't even do what he did without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He went about doing all that he did after the Holy Ghost came upon him bodily as a dove. When he came up out of that water, the Holy Spirit came upon him and he said, it's time. It's time. The the bell had sounded because the Spirit had come upon him. And I want you to know that God would never expect you to live a Christian life without the power of God in your life. Christianity was never meant to be lived without the Holy Ghost. Christianity was never meant... It'll be a frustrating experience. You'll be trying to do godly things with a fleshly spirit. You'll be trying to do the God things in your own strength. You'll be trying to do what God's called you to do in your own talent and gifting and ability. But it is only when we surrender to God and give our hearts to God that He'll give His Spirit to us. And His Spirit, His Spirit will lead you and guide you and empower you and anoint you and equip you and give you those things that God desires for you to have so that God can not only use you, but so that God can enlighten you You know, Jesus, he talked in Matthew chapter 5 about not not hiding the lamp under a bushel. But letting our light so shine before men that they'll see our good works and glorify God. And you know what? That light don't come because you smile big. That light don't come because you give a big offering. That light don't come because you click your heels or because you serve or because you do. That light comes because God comes. That light comes because God comes in you. Christ in us is the hope of glory. And I want you to know, I want you to know, God wants to shine through you. God wants to shine through you. You know, you can tell somebody a thousand times, about God but if you walk in that house with God on you you won't have to say a word they'll feel it they'll see it in the spirit they'll realize it there's been a change in you something's different in you never forget the times that God's done that in people's lives I've seen people walk around and, 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 and when the Spirit of God comes, it's like they, they, like a thousand pound weight comes off. One of my favorite stories is Pilgrim's Progress and John Bunyan Road. And, 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 and that guy, he was looking, he had the weight of sin on his back, but he couldn't get it off. It was just this huge weight. He, couldn't, he, he sought to get it off every way he could. And that reminds me of a lot of well-meaning church folks today. They try to get that weight from their past or that weight from their sin or that weight from failure, that weight from the condemnation that the enemy sows. They try every which way they can to get that baggage off. But it was only when a good, the good minister came and he told him about the cross that guy who received Christ and that, that baggage, that weight was lifted off of him. And I mean, everywhere his name was Christian. But everywhere he went, Christian, he was telling, The weight's gone. The weight is gone. I don't have it anymore. And you know what? When that weight has been lifted off of you and God's light begins to shine through you, you'll have the same testimony. You'll have joy in your soul. You know what? It won't matter whether the room is 73, 72, or 71 degrees. It won't matter if if, if nobody smiles at you or everybody smiles, nobody called, everybody called. It won't, those things won't matter because you're God's and God is yours and God's light will shine through you. Amen. This evening I want to ask you if you have moved from defining yourself by what you don't do or what you're not or what you used to be. Because, you know, sometimes I catch myself. I, I define, sometimes I say, well, you know what? I used to be a junk. used to be a sorry excuse for a person. I used to be a liar, scoundrel, whatever you want to call it. I was it. And, 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 and sometimes we do. We define ourselves by that. But God's called us to define ourselves by who we are in Christ, by who we are in Christ. And I want to invite you, I want to invite you to move from don't to do, from liberation to devotion. Would you be as that leper and humble yourself before God and allow God to do what he needs to do in us? Amen? Amen. Father, we bless you tonight, we thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work.